if you have your beliefs, if you have your morals, don't change them because someone wants you to to do this. Do what you love, continue doing it. This podcast shows that Ukraine is not what foreigners see on television. Together, we will break all the stereotypes about Ukrainians so that when the flag of Ukraine is lifted anywhere in the world, everyone will know Ukraine and its unique culture because today, Ukraine has a dynamic new generation that will change the world. Hello, my name is Aziz and I have a deep connection with Ukraine. My grandfather volunteered in 1987 to help liquidate the Chernobyl chemical radiation because he believed in humanity. He was a real hero for me, and even though he struggled with cancer after that for the rest of his life, he always told me many great things about Ukraine and its people. Then, from 2018 to 2019, for two years, I began working with UNICEF in Ukraine to help build orphanages for Ukrainian children. And thank you all so much for the support. More than 170 people participated in this project for Ukraine, from the vice president of the Helen Marlin Group to the vice chancellor of the UGCC, to the president of the Erasmus Student Network Kiev, to the president of the World Trade Center Kiev, to students from the FLEX program, Ukraine Global Scholars, Yale University, Harvard, and the London School of Economics, to the United Nations, to the Vatican Church, to interns at the Ukrainian Parliament and at the Canadian Parliament, to top 1% students in Ukraine. But not only them. This project is for all Ukrainians from all backgrounds. And if you wish to participate, send me a message on Instagram, aziz.future, and join the Telegram channel, Kiev Future My Goal, is to make interviews with hundreds of Ukrainians, and the world is listening. This podcast is already top 50 in the United Kingdom, France, Switzerland, and Monaco. Top 25 in Austria, Germany, Canada, Russia, and Poland. Top 15 in Australia, Italy, Spain, and Dubai, and top 10 in Norway, Sweden, the Netherlands, South Korea, Singapore, and many other places because this is now officially the number one podcast on Apple about Ukraine. Together, we will break the stereotypes. Together, we will help all other countries discover and respect the greatness of Ukrainian people, and this good reputation will support the development of Ukraine, creating more opportunities for every Ukrainian to have a better life. So, let's begin. My guest today is Maria Machno. Maria is a FLEX alumna of 2019, a city representative of Kremenchuk, and the university representative of Taras Shevchenko National University of Kiev at American Councils for International Education. She is an ESL teacher and a sport interpreter. In addition to her native Russian and Ukrainian languages, and her fluent English, 
Maria is also learning Spanish, Turkish, and Azerbaijani. Currently, she is pursuing her education at Taras Shevchenko National University of Kiev to receive a philologist and a teacher's degree. Maria, how are you today? Hello, Aziz. Well, first of all, what an introduction. Wow. Thank you for inviting me. That's such an honor. And uh, yeah, I'm feeling great. Thank you. I feel wonderful and I really hope you feel amazing too. Yes, I feel amazing too. We'll have a lot of fun today. So to begin, other than flex and all the obvious questions, and we will speak about that later, but you as Maria, when you want to relax, to feel really alive, to feel your soul balanced in a way, what is something you like to do that gives you that feeling? Wow, that's a good question. Well, actually, um, I'm very, I'm a very energized person and I like to do so much fun. I like to take up so many hobbies. So honestly, absolutely anything can help me to relax. And it can be something super obvious, super simple, like watching a movie or hanging out with friends and family. But it can be something interesting, like, I don't know, doing sports. That's quite active, and uh, it requires some strength um, and some specific emotions. But it sometimes helps me to relax. So um, I like doing a lot. And actually, I like studying. That's why you mentioned so many languages that I know and learning currently. So, yeah, that's what I do to relax. Perfect. We will speak about sports, but let's begin about studying languages. What was the experience or the moment where you discovered this love, fascination, and ability to learn languages and you decided to dedicate so many hours and this important chunk of your life to studying languages. <laughs> that's so true. Uh, well, actually, I think that's uh, quite a typical and basic and absolutely usual situation when your parents take to some English classes when you're a kid to succeed in school and be the greatest, you know. But I ended up loving it because of my first teacher, who was amazing, and she always helped me. And still, even today, we keep in touch because she is my inspiration for the rest of my life. She made me start doing this. And because of her, I have the life I have today. Flex, American consuls, my current place of living and education, all of this is because of English and knowledge of it. I know it sounds cheesy. I'm quite a romantic person, but I am very much sure that this is the main reason why everything I have now is like this. So, yeah, I love English. I ended up learning it. (laughs) And... um, well, a few years ago, I discovered some mid-Asian countries like Turkey and Azerbaijani, and I am so into it. And for some people, it's maybe typical to watch um, Turkish movies or listen to music, but it's absolutely not about me. When I went to university and started learning these languages, I haven't seen any. I hadn't seen the back then. I hadn't seen any of the movies or TV shows. I was into in, into history because the origins of Ukrainian history is, uh, is kind of connected to Turkey and those countries too. And uh, the language is so beautiful. If you haven't heard it, but I'm pretty much sure you have heard some of the words at least, it sounds beautiful. It's not European language. It's 
uh, quite Asian and it's beautiful and I love it. So yeah, uh, I'm not gonna stop here. I'm, I'm very much sure I'm gonna continue learning languages for sure. So that's it, yeah. There are so many things that I wish to ask about, but let's begin with your self-confessed romanticism. Tell me more about you and what does it mean to you, Maria the Romantic? Well, the romantic, wow, that is such a big word and there are so many things, right, that can be connected to it. And for some people, it may be like a straightforward word, like red roses, love and so on. But romantic is quite, it has a lot of meanings, as I have said before. Romantic can be anything. It's your perception of the word. world is um, the way you see it. And for some people, things I say can be cheesy, for some people not, but that's what romantic. Each, every person has their own way of thinking and their perception. So for sure, every person's romantic is a different word, different meaning, absolutely. So for me, gosh, well, romantic is definitely about love, for sure, <laughs> but also something about what you love to do what you are into, what makes you happy, what makes you satisfied with your life. So that's what romantic means to me. Thank you. Yes, so to you specifically, romantic is about love as well as love in what you do, being satisfied with your path, as well as in many ways, maybe feeling inspired, motivated, and aligned with your purpose in life. Can that be said? Yes, absolutely correct. Thank you for summarizing it. Thank you as well. And to ask you then about sports, is there something that when you do... First, let's begin with this. What is your favorite thing when it comes to sports? What is the experience, the emotion, the part that is your favorite? Because you're even doing sport interpretation. So it's not just a passing fleet and hobby, it's an important part of your life. Yeah, it has been, it has become my job. But actually, I was born and raised in this family where we have kind of like an obsession <laughs> with football because it's my father's job and he has been into this for his whole life and me too. So since I was a kid, I would always attend all of the matches and I would travel around the world. We would live in different places. So that's a big part of me. And when I grew up in this society, in this community, I was so used to it that I could not say goodbye to it. I wanted to become a part of it always, not only as a fan, but something more. And a few years ago, well, when I came back from the U.S., I had, a, you know, quite an experience and um, I think quite a good level of English so that I could use it. And I sometimes work as an TLO or sometimes work as an interpreter. And it makes me happy because I'm a part of it. So football is my passion. But not only as a fan, just like watching TV and cheering up the teams, but being actually in this process and helping to manage it. And it really makes me happy. It's I can say for sure this is my obsession. So yeah, football for sure. But I also like watching different sports too, like basketball, volleyball, hockey, whatever, anything that connect that is connected to sport. And you use now that it's your passion. 
Well, what does it mean, passion, and how different is it, or is it the same, of that part of being a romantic that you love what to do, what you do? So, what does passion come in play here? How does it work? What is the specific personal meaning of passion for you? Well, another great question to think about. Well, as you said, it's probably connected. Those words are really, you know, they are really tough. They have a really big meaning. So for sure, I think we can say that romantic and being romantic and passion is kind of connected, right? It can also be about love. But again, as I said before, being romantic is loving what you do, loving who you are and so on and so on. So passion is kind of the same. If you love to do what you do, that's passion, right? You are passionate about it. It makes you happy. So for sure, those are connected. (laughs) So yeah, passion is actually about what you love to do. Yes. And to expand this a bit more, tell me about your flex experience, how it was for you. You seem to be someone who was raised to be more of the independent kind since you were already traveling, doing things related to football being there and doing that stuff which is tough so maybe flex wasn't such a disconnect from that to raise your maturity you were already the mature kind or if not how did flex change you any stories from your experience there and tell me more about it well there are actually a lot of great stories but i can say for sure that flex is one great story that has definitely changed my life. And not only my life, but all people around me, my surroundings, my family, my friends. And I am very much sure, 100% sure, that all of the rest Flex alumni can say the same. That the life before and after Flex, those are two different lives for sure. And, um, well, basically, it helped me to grow up. Because I went to the U.S. when I was 16 and I came back when I was almost 18. And uh, no matter where you are or who and what you face, you still change because you're a teenager. And I think this is the most important time when you form you form yourself as a personality, as a person in general. And you can somehow predict your future because what you learn, what you do, this is definitely going to influence everything you do in future. So Flex helped me a lot to take this important step forward learn so much, experience so much, and go through these ups and downs, because obviously nothing is perfect. And it, you know how people say, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger? That's for sure. And that experience was amazing. And still, even today, my parents can say, well, didn't, we, they always support me. But back then, they were not sure that I would be able to spend the whole year on my, not on, on my own, but without my actually my my actual family i was there with some friends and host family that was an amazing experience but still you know there is no one from your home surroundings by your side and sometimes it can be lonely but you cope with it and you challenge yourself you grow you go through this and you grow up as a personality for sure so when i came back a lot of people um say that I look and I act and everything I do and say is so different because I'm an absolutely different personality, a very grown-up one. Thank you. So you're a grown-up, passionate, romantic 
philologist, language lover, <laughs> in love with the Central <laughs> Asian languages, <laughs> and who loves football, at least. I don't know about the other sports you love. Do you have a sport that these days or during the period where it was more of a lockdown or where social sports and group sports weren't possible, maybe it was even yoga as, as something as secluded as that or any other kind that you engaged in to not miss that passion in your life, even during this pandemic? Well, I try to be as active as possible, honestly, but sometimes it doesn't work like this. Your desire is not enough. You really need to act. <laughs> and, um, well, because of my work and because of my studying, I sit a lot and I really should work out or, or just go for a walk. And, uh, well, first of all, I have two little siblings and my brother, who is seven now, he is a football football player, obviously. What else in my family? And um, because of the lockdowns and quarantines, he didn't have enough practice. And me and my dad were the ones who helped him playing it. It was a game. So that's definitely an exercise and a sport I did. Also, my sister, who is 11 now, she's a professional belly dancer. And uh, when I was a kid, I danced professionally, but comparing to her, I suck, honestly. She is such a great person. She's such a good dancer, but I tried to help her somehow, and I tried to um, work out with her, and she even helps me with doing it. So yeah, I'm not one of those people who say, well, I don't go to the gym, that's why I don't exercise. Well, that's not a that's not what I say. I have a floor, I have a mat, I have some music, I have some people around me who can help me, and I work out with my mom, with my sister. So yeah, and obviously I go out for walks every day with my friends, every family, or on my own, you know, to get some groceries. <laughs> it's still a workout. Yes, it's an important part of your life, and then I'm curious because it seems you have a very developed kinesthetic sense of the world, and usually language learners are more in their head, more visual, and less embodied. And therefore, to ask you, how do you feel languages when you learn them? Do you feel them? What is, maybe you don't even realize that, but you probably have your own unique way of learning languages that is different than the standard way. Do you feel the language more? How do you do in order to assimilate it deeper into your nervous system and become one with the language, etc. How do you approach it? How do you feel it? How is language learning to you? Well, there is a lot to say here. Well, first of all, um, I think, not a secret, but the thing I do, the tool I use, is um, not only learning language, you know, not, lear not only learning words and grammar, but actually trying to understand each of them, uh, you know how people say, the more you know, the better it is. <laughs> and the more you know, the easier it is. So the more languages I learn, the more I, the, the easier it is for me, honestly. But unfortunately, a lot of people think, or maybe fortunately, they think that, oh, you, it's so easy for you if you know so many languages. It means that you just sleep and then you, you wake up next morning and you know Turkish. Well, it doesn't work this way. You work a lot. And that's a result of hard work, for sure. But if you have, as we discussed, this passion, yeah, and if you're romantic enough, let's say so, um, if you want to, you will do it for sure. And um, how I do it? Well, 
it's not so easy. I just word, you know, typical things, words and grammar, but then practice and watching movies and going deep in history because that's what people think. You know, people think what when you learn a language, you just learn language. Well, that's not true. You really need to dive into this history and culture itself and contact natives or try to explore this system, let's say. So it's a big thing and um, I'm very passionate about <laughs> foreign languages as you can as you can hear and see. So yeah. You repeated passion now four times. So it's something big <laughs> in your life. Are you an emotional kind of girl? Uh, I don't know. That's not a question for me. You know, some people who are around me should say so. They should judge me. <laughs> um, okay. I don't know. I, some I, guests. One second, this is good. I'm going to ask it. Some guests, the girls in particular, they say, oh, wow, we may feel emotions, but our faces look rigid, stiff, and poker-faced. And therefore, especially when they travel abroad, but some even in Ukraine, people will look at them and say, wow, that girl looks angry, but inside she's not. Are you expressive or do you have such a face that is more stoic and doesn't show the emotions as much. <laughs> that's um, that's a good one because, um, well, again, it's not really a question for me, but actually I'm pretty much sure I'm an ambivert, you know, like it's a combination of extrovert and introvert. So it probably depends on my mood. You know, I'm a girl. <laughs> so sometimes it depends on people, but I try to be positive and I'm very much flexible. It's, well, I'm a flexor, so I have to be flexible. And... Uh, I can say for sure that I can easily find, uh, you know, anything to talk about to, with any person. I can find a nice word to say and we can have a discussion no matter what kind of person it is, with, with uh, any background, any story, anything. We can be absolutely different, but we will always have something to talk about because I'm flexible. Yes, and that is wonderful. And you're an ambivert. If you're speaking to the introverts out there, and they wish to understand how to make a conversation about any topic with someone from any background, what do you do? What is your secret? And you mentioned earlier, it's not really a secret, but it's a secret. So that's a proper word or method or way that you begin conversations, make them interesting, make people at ease and connect on topics with others. Well, you know, it actually goes on its own, for sure. Um, it goes from my soul, and I cannot control it. Um, you know, I'm not really into biology, but I know that when we have a conversation with a person, we try to um, have the same way of expressing ourselves. We try to think as this person. It's absolutely natural to have a desire so that a person can like you as a companion to have a conversation with so you just be yourself that's the whole secret I think and if you are honest with yourself and if you're honest with people around you they will feel you and they will like you the way you are I'm pretty much sure that's it yes if you're honest if you're being yourself it comes from your soul and people will like you for being yourself and you will be liked and a good partner and connect with them on any topic or with any person from any background, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned soul. 
Well, an even more difficult question, which I will ask now. What is the soul? Are you spiritual? What are your thoughts about spirituality? And if you are to explain your soul to others, is it like everyone has the same soul, but it's different fragments scattered like stars all over humanity, or each soul is unique? Are souls forever? Are they reincarnated? What are your thoughts? Wow. Uh, well, um, soul. Gosh, well, that's such a such a word with such a deep meaning, and absolutely, well, it's a word that everyone can explain in and in, in a def in an absolutely different way. Absolutely, every person has a different way of thinking, as I've mentioned before, and the word soul can be expressed and shown in so many other things, not only just well. I'm kind, that's my soul, you know, I know, well, for, sh for, so, for sure, a lot of people have seen this new cartoon with the name Soul, which made a lot of people cry, and that's one of the ways we can say the soul is, right? The soul, for, for so many people, soul is who you are, yeah, it's a combination of something inside of us that makes us us, yeah, being ourselves. But for every person, it can be a different thing, can be absolutely random, and there is no wrong or right answer, because everyone has a different way of thinking. So for me, soul, well, probably it's a thing that makes you you. It makes you yourself, and when you, again, when you're honest with yourself, when you show, when you express the feelings you feel, when you say what you want to say, when you are straightforward in everything, that's when you show your soul and there is nothing bad about it. But for a lot of people, it's it's scary and it's difficult to open their soul to others. And this barrier is a big thing for sure. And for me, sometimes too, it's absolutely normal. So it takes time to have a connect with the person, to actually share your real yourself and let people know what your soul is i love that that was poetic romantic and it begs the question what's the difference between a soul and a personality well soul it's quite easy soul is you it's the way you are right your pure you the clear the clean yourself the person who you are in reality but personalities is such a word because every person can create a different personality and um, it's not about being fake but it can be a mask for a person as I've said before people can be scared to show to show the, themselves the way they are and a lot of people wear masks and um, I think I can say for sure that I have a mask too it's normal everyone has one for example I'm a very sensitive person and any word can hurt me so I can sometimes wear this mask of a strong, independent woman and show that I don't have any feelings and another, nothing can bother me, nothing can, I don't know, make me cry. But then in reality, it can, it, can, it can really hurt me, but people will not see it. So this is just one of the personalities. Or when you meet a new company and there are some people who are very much different from you and you try to be like them, you can again wear a mask and be another personality. And there's nothing bad about it, but it's just not 
your soul, right? Because soul is who you are. So personality is a very different thing here, in, in my perspective, I think so. Thank you. So soul is everlasting, is constant, consistent, and it is who you are, while personality is context-dependent, depending on the circumstances, what is happening, and what is surrounding you. Did I understand correctly? Yeah. And to dive even deeper into your soul, (laughs) these days, these months, and these weeks, what has been a thought that you have been thinking about a lot, either something Mm -hmm. to change in your life, or something to focus on, or to understand, or something about the world that you keep on thinking about again and again? Well, you know, um, honestly, I really love to go deep in my thoughts, always. Every day I have, let's say, a podcast in my head. You know, when you talk to yourself, when you interview yourself, it's absolutely normal. I think everyone, every person does it, and uh, me too. And I always think about something deep, something super psychological, and some questions that don't have answers yet or they don't have answers in general so for sure it's the question is time you know the endless life or whatever or how much time do I have left and do I want to waste this time and this and that or should I think about the future but how about the present and you know like so many thoughts like this also think about um, people around me because I can see so many people and each and every one of us does so many different things we all go in so many different directions we all experience absolutely different things or the same things and that's so interesting how our lives are connected but at the same time so different and when you have a connect with person when you communicate with people you exchange your ideas your ex- your experiences and then you fulfill some of the blanks you don't have. So it's like a puzzle. So I really like to go deep into psychological things for sure. But sometimes it can be um, some natural facts or just history, you know, or chemistry or anything. So I'm a very curious person. As I, and as I've said before, I love to take up so many things, take up so many hobbies and get interested in everything. Perfect. And you're a curious person, so to ask you, when you take a lot of topics and hobbies and you think and reflect on things, what is the deeper reason why? Is it to keep busy and therefore to distract yourself from boredom? Is it a reflection and enjoying your brain churning and the wheels of your brain turning, etc.? Or is it learning that the more you learn, the happier you become. And yes, all could be important, whether as entertainment in a way, self-development, or as a way to stay active, or as a way to learn, or as a way to enjoy thinking. But for you in particular, what is the one top reason why so many things are on your mind that you're thinking about, and so many activities are a habit for you? Uh, for sure, because I have an idea that there is one life and we have to have the best out of it, right? We have to fulfill it with every happy moment we have. And um, that for sure makes me happier. It helps me because I 
understand that I develop myself. Um, I become, I don't know, maybe more interested in something or more educated. And, um, you know, there is actually a fact that when you talk to yourself or when you think about something, it doesn't have to be a conversation with someone. You just think about something in your mind and that what helps you to increase your IQ level. So maybe one day I'll be super smart. But for now, it's just an interest that I have. And those thoughts are not just, you know, as you said, like fulfill boredom. Not at all. These are some thoughts that I cannot get rid of so easily. I have an idea and it's a fixed idea. I have to find an answer or I have to just think about it or have a discussion with my friends or family. And that is so cool. I love it. Thank you. It's actually really interesting. And you seem to be unique in this way. And you behave like an introvert, although you say you're more of an ambivert, etc. Then to ask you a bit more about you as a person, you said we only have one life. You try to make the most of it. What happened or how did that belief develop? And do you think many people around you in Kiev and in Ukraine share that belief or in some ways they squander the resource they have which is time and life which is the most precious thing there is and i love what you spoke about the puzzle i agree with that and i have that metaphor too that each person has a piece of the puzzle a part they can light on our blind spots and the more perspectives we can get through the perspectives of other people the more complete our puzzle will be and the clearer will be the picture but for now what gave you the belief of the urgency as napoleon hill it's like having a fire in your belly uh, that life is short we, we only have one life we should make it the best and do you believe many people share that around you or it seems to be less common in ukraine these days i think each person has their own idea here and my idea is to I think everyone has to be happy. And whatever makes you happy, you do that. For me, being not maybe productive, it's still okay to have some relaxed time. But just to, for me, curiosity, that what drives me. I always want to learn something. I always want to find out more and uh, learn something about people or about anything. And uh, I don't know how I ended up thinking it this way. It's just curiosity. And I can say how many lives we have. But, you know, life can stop at any moment. And we have to be sure that, well, I can't be sad because I had a great life. It's not a problem, you know, whatever. Um, because the worst for me, I think, is to be an elderly lady, you know, let's say 100 years old, and not be satisfied with the life I had. Because I was working a lot, I didn't have family and friends time, um, I didn't learn as much as I wanted to, I didn't travel, I didn't do so many hobbies, and whatever, whatever. So I'm young, and I think I should do whatever I want, and try everything, because you never know what's yours until you try it. And also, another idea I have um, is the people who come to our lives. Because once, you know, when I, again, it's about flex. When I went to the U.S., um, a lot of people were happy for me. But when I came back, half of the friends, they left for no reason. 
we just stopped communicating. We were in great relationships, nothing bad happened, but we just ended up, well, not friends, but maybe people who we know, right? Acquaintance. And uh, for some time I was, well, I was not devastated, but I was quite sad. And then my mom told me, you know, there is a psychological meaning you can find here. Because when people come to your life, let's imagine they have a goal, a mission they have to complete. And when their mission is complete, they leave. There is no need for them to stay in your life. So when people go, when you stop being friends or whatever, it's okay because the mission is completed and there's no need for them to be in your life. So after that, I started thinking in a different way. It still wasn't so... It didn't make me happy immediately, of course. But it's, it's, it made me feel easier about this process going through. And even today, I go with this idea that it's okay when someone leaves or you stop being friends or whatever. Life goes on and let's try something more. Let's, let's do something new. Thank you. I really love what you spoke about when you said 110 years old. I'm adding more so that you live longer, <laughs> lady, and you don't want to live with regret. And I call it for myself, my regret minimization strategy. And again, if I understood you correctly to connect everything, you are driven by curiosity and curiosity allows you to try many things because there are so many options in life and you don't know what your passion is until you experience it and feel the emotion and yes. therefore you have that kind of in systems theory there is what is called exploration versus exploitation exploitation is to only use what you have and maximize it exploration is to be the scout looking for more so curiosity drives you to try more things and explore in order to find something you're passionate about and sometimes it has a dark side which is that even if you find something you like you might think well maybe i like something even more that i don't know yet and therefore you keep on exploring and exploring and exploring but anyway that's not the point the point is the more you explore the more you find what you're passionate about and then when you do those in your life you will have fulfillment every day and therefore, at the end of your life, you will not regret because you did what fired you up every day and you felt alive and maximized the joy of every single second of life. Did I understand you correctly? Yes, but there is one thing. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people misunderstand this little thing, your desire. Because the desire is a thing that can be influenced by so many people around. And sometimes people don't notice that maybe it's not your desire. Maybe it's your parents or your friends because they, you were having a conversation with them and they said like, well, I, that would be great if I did this and, or that. And then you start thinking about it and then you think, well, maybe I want it too. But do you really want it? People really need to start thinking what they want in real, like in real, not what people around think. Because if you want to be an artist, Go be an artist. You don't have to be an IT guy if it's not yours. It's a great profession. You can make money. But if it's not your passion, yeah, let's just try something more. Let's explore and let yourself do it. Not be scared. And of course, maybe listen to people what they say. 
when those people are important, maybe your parents, your friends, but always keep a hand on your heart and think about yourself what you really want. Although I agree with you 1,000 billion percent, I'll play the devil's advocate a little bit. You said that people come to our lives with a mission. What if the mission of those people is to influence our desires in a different way than would be without them? Well, then you take into consideration both, you know, your ideas and your those, those people's ideas, right? For example, parents, yeah, they are very much, they are very mature and they are very experienced. And for a lot of teenagers who finish school at the age of 16 and they try to figure out what they are going to do next, maybe that's the time when you can actually listen to your parents because maybe they know better, but it's not only saying, okay, mom, I'll do it. You really need to have a conversation and say what you think and then listen to their idea and then, you know, double it or, I don't know, add it and then summarize and come to a conclusion together and make a final decision. Great. And to ask you, since sport has a primordial, primary part of your life and a huge section of your existence and being, are there lessons you learned from there that shaped who you are today and that make you more effective, more fulfilled, more balanced because you spoke about you don't want to be an old lady who only worked all her life or who didn't have time with family, etc. What lessons from sports helped you? And what are your thoughts about balancing the calendar? Are you, in a way, you follow what people say, no, do the sprint of only work for like 10 years in order to have a happier life later? Or do you believe, no, we don't know if we'll live 10 years from now, so every day make it complete where you follow your purpose, you take care of your health, and you appreciate those you have, you love, and do things that fill you with energy, etc. What are your thoughts? Well, I really need to say that I'm still a young person, right? And it's um, absolutely normal when, um, let's say, teenagers or, you know, like grown-up people, but still like quite young uh, we are perfectionists. We want everything right now, right here. So I cannot say for sure that this is my ideas in 10 years. Maybe I'm going to be, well, for sure, will be a different person from now. But for now, for me personally, I like what I do and I live my life today. But I also think about future because for a lot of people, it can be this or that, like today or tomorrow. I try to balance it. I try to have fun today, but always think about the future, what I'm going to do tomorrow. And um, But again, for some people, it can be a different way of thinking. It is absolutely normal. So for me, that's it. But um, what shaped me as I am now or what has influenced me, I don't know. I think life in general. I can't give a specific... A situation that you know after that I was like well I really need to live my life or you know not being elderly lady regretting my life no it's my life in general these are my beliefs and morals let's say so because I have seen a lot and uh, maybe there are some examples but I can't really remember them because life in general that what moves me motivates me and when I see people I want to be like them or I don't want to be like them and that what shows me who I am Great. 
And you mentioned you're a teenager, you're, uh, you're looking for instant gratification and perfectionism, etc., although you use different words. Do you feel your level of maturity is the same as teenagers your age, or your psychological age is older than your biological? Oh, um, maybe it's a question for me, for both for me and my surroundings. Because sometimes uh, when I have a like when I have some conversations with my uh, with people of my age, I can feel like an elderly person for sure. I can feel like uh, at least my psychological age is forty fifty, uh, but I am not so mature. I cannot say I'm an old old with a lot of experience and knowledge. But it depends. Maybe comparing to some other people, yes. But there is always something to learn. And for me, it's not about being more mature or less mature. It's my interest because when I have a conversation with a person, my goal is to learn something from this person always, no matter what it is. It can be something super important or it can be something absolutely random, fun, nonsense. So sometimes I can have a conversation with a 10-year-old kid and still be so happy because I will be able to learn something from this kid. Or I can have a conversation with a person who is double my age and will still be on the on the same you know wave we'll have the same vibe conversation some spe- specific topic and both of us will understand each other thank you this is absolutely great can you share now a little bit about your work as a university representative what is like what goals do you have what vision do you have How do you find time for it as a student who's also an athlete and doing other things, etc.? And why did you choose to become a university representative and a CR before that? Um, so um, two years ago, when I came back from the U.S., I had no idea what alumni thing is because back then I thought, well, I'm done with Flex, unfortunately, and that's it. But then we had this re-entry thing and uh, our amazing coordinator back then, uh, she shared so many things with us and so many opportunities. And then I fell in love with it. And then I said, well, I'm not going to leave this like this so easily. I became a part of it and I'm not going to leave it at all. So I want to be part of it. I want to be part of American Consuls. I want to keep in touch with these people. I want to help this community and I want to maybe improve it or help it flourish. So I decided to be a CR and that was an amazing year. We did so many great things. Unfortunately, the beginning of this pandemic a little bit changed the endings because we had to do everything online. And um, it was amazing. That was a great opportunity and um, experience. And this year I decided, well, let's try university representative. I think that's going to be a little bit different, maybe not so big, but more specific and um, a little bit of, you know, little community, not so little, but still. Um, and it's, it is different. I can say because um, when it's CR, Anyone can join it, right? Uh, not only Flex alumni, but anyone. And when it's university, still a lot of people can join us. And it's not only people from university. So again, it can be even whole Ukrainian um, project. But it's a little bit different because the focus is still university. And um, it's, 
I think it's a little bit of a different experience this year because everything is online and um, not many of the projects can be held online, unfortunately. So a lot of ideas I have, they still need some time <laughs> to work on them and uh, improve them and make them real online, let's say so. So I'm looking forward to making them real. And um, yeah, I guess that's it. That's great. You're doing really great work. And I feel your passion in every word that you say. And to people who might not think in the same way you think, or maybe even to yourself, you might have read a quote recently or anything that was a deep piece of wisdom. Well, what advice do you feel your heart should give and share with the world? Maybe even one person could benefit and make their life a little bit better because of heeding what you're going to say today. What would you share? I think I would have a word towards young people who are going through some challenges because I think being a teenager nowadays is a big stress and um, maybe the most important part of your life because you form as a personality and that's what your future is going to be. And then um, I think people who are, I think maybe not even teenagers, anyone, if you have your beliefs, if you have your morals, don't change them because someone wants you to ch to do this. Do what you love, continue doing it. Um, as we discussed, yeah, this passion term, do everything with passion. Do what you love with passion. Think about today, but also think about the future. Always think about consequences, but still have fun. And that's the most important part of life, being um, satisfied with this and being happy with it. Those are very, very wise words. And if people want to follow you or to learn more about your work as uh, you are, what is the best social media to do so if there is any website or any place they should go, I will make sure to write it in the description. Um, it's um, probably Instagram. It's Mary Mahad, the way my name is. Mary, because Maria can be misspelled or mispronounced quite often. I have this experience, so Mary Mahnal will work. And Telegram, too, because if people have any kind of questions, anytime, any day, they can contact me, and I'll be happy to help or have a conversation or anything. So... Yeah, these two social medias will work. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure and honor as well, and really enriching and interesting. I wish you passion every day, balance, fun, curiosity, learning, connection, bonding, and an ambivert's dream day every day. And thank you again. And goodbye, thank you Maria. Thank you so much. You made my day today.